I'd like to start a new series, Beis Hashem, on Sundays in the following way. I want to mention amazing, amazing Chassam Soifa. This Chassam Soifa, Rabbi, is a game changer. It's an unbelievable Chassam Soifa. But it really can change the idea of what we're about to speak about, Beis Hashem, every Sunday. It goes like this. The Chassam Soifa is in Parshas Kairach. And he talks about the Medrash. There's a famous Medrash which Rashi brings, which we all know, that Kairach went to Moshe Rabbeinu, and he said, What's the Kasha? The Kasha that he asked Moshe Rabbeinu was as follows. If a person has an entire house full of Svarim, completely covered, every table, every bookshelf, every wall in the house is covered with Svarim, do I have to put a mezuzah on such a house? And, and Moshe Rabbeinu said, yes. Just because you have Svarim, or for that matter, even a Sefer Torah, inside a house, an entire house, full of Svarim, Sifrei Torah, you still have to put a mezuzah on the entrance, on the doorway of the home, of the room. And Torah says, that doesn't make any sense. Why should it be that way? We're not going to discuss now Korach's argument with Moshe Rabbeinu, but I want to discuss the Chassam Soifer's Ha'orah on this idea. The Chassam Soifer says, if you think about it, it's a Gavaldig Akasha. If you think about it, it makes no sense. If I have a house full of Svarim, every table, every shelf, every wall has got Svarim over it, why do I have to put a mezuzah on the wall, on, on the entrance, on the doorway? It should be part of it, because I have even a Sefer inside. Can you imagine you have a Sefer Torah in the home? I still have to put a mezuzah on the, on the doorway? What's Pshat? Sam Soifer says such an amazing, penetrating, important and relevant idea for our lives on a daily basis. Says the Heilig Sam Soifer that it's a remez. It's a remez that it shows us that a person can makadish as much as he wants on the inside. A person can makadish himself. He has a safer Torah inside the home. He's got a house, mole svarim. What a kedusha. What a home that's full of kedusha, full of svarim, full of holiness. You can makadish the inside, but if you don't makadish the pet, if you're not makadish the entrance, it doesn't work. It says the Heiliger Chassam Soifa. In our own guf, in our own body, in our own selves. We can mekadesh the inside as much as we want. We can make ourselves of the Heiliger Samsoifa like a malach. Inside, completely kadosh. But if we're not mekadesh the entrance, if we're not mekadesh the pair, the mouth, where the words come out and things are said, and the entrance of our guf is not being watched, is not, is not holy, then the inside's not going to patter that however holy the inside may be. Rabbi Chonon Vassaman in Kovetz Mamorim brings that we find so many times by Tzadikim, the Klolois and the Brochas of Tzadikim on Makayim. We find such a thing, Tzadikim says something, it always seems to work, whether it's a Klolo, whether it's a Brocha, for example, he brings, famous Gemorim, Ksubah Samach where the Gemara tells us as follows, the Gemara tells us that every single air of Shabbos, a fire came down in the house of Rav. And one time the fire did not descend. And if that's the case, the Olam said, ah, 
It must be that Rav is no longer in the world. He obviously died. If there's no fire that came down on Erev Shabbos. Now Rav was actually alive. But he died because it was said about him that he died. Says Rabbi Hanan, you see from this Gemara that when Sadiqim says something, even in the negative, it's fulfilled. How does that work? What's the pshat that the speech of a tzaddik, the speech of a godl, can be so potent, can be so incredibly working? And he answers, says Rabbi Hanan, the Yisoyed is that because a godl, because a tzaddik has makadish his mouth, he's taken his mouth and he's only used it for the correct way, so then, if that's the case, then everything he says, both in the positive and in the negative also, can be Mekayim. He compares it to a knife. Imagine if a person has a knife and he wants to slice an onion and you take a knife that's rusty, that's blunt. It's, it's, it, it might work, but very shvach. It's going to take a long time. It's going to make a very bad cut. Whereas if you take a knife that's sharp, it's only used in the right way. It's washed properly, dried properly. It hasn't got, hasn't got any rust on it. And you slice an onion. It's a thin, easy, quick slice. It says, Rabbi our mouths are the same thing. If we use them in the right way, if we utilize them in the way that we're meant to, then it can penetrate anything, both in the good and in the bad. The Chobetz Chaim famously says that imagine if you have a guitar, a violin, any string instrument, and you break one of the strings, it's just not going to play the nice music that it can. Says the Eilekech of Our mouths are the most beautiful instrument ever. We can use them to sing praises to the Rabbi Shalom, to Daven, to be Mechazek Aviyidin, to give compliments to people, or we can use it Rachman al-Itzlan in the other way, which can of course affect our tefillahs and affect our Torah. But this idea... Now when a tzaddik says something, it means something because he's Mekadish's mouth. I want to tell you a story. There was a Maisen Petak Tikva a number of years ago. An old man, an elderly man was called up to the Torah. They called him up for an aliyah. He walked into shul that had never seen him before. An elderly man, they decided to give him an aliyah. So they call him up, what's your name? They call him up to have an aliyah. Never saw him before, never knew where he came from, nothing. Comes up to get an aliyah in Petak Tikva in a shul there. And in the middle of the aliyah, he breaks down. He starts to cry. He push and can't even complete the words. They're scared. They bring a chair. Maybe he needs to sit down. Who knows? He's an elderly fellow. And he sits down for a moment. He regains his composure. Goes back. Stands up. Continues the bracha. At the end of davening, they come over to him and they say, is everything okay? Like, what happened over there? Like, is there something that we should know? Did we do something wrong? Or what was the emotion all about? Listen to what he said. He said, today is my birthday. I was born 83 years ago. The last time I had an aliyah was at my bar mitzvah, 70 years ago. That was the last time that I had an aliyah. An aliyah. My bar mitzvah took place in Vilna by the Godladar of Chaim Oize Guzinski. And at my aliyah, at my bar mitzvah, Reb Chaim Oize, the Godladar, called aside my father and he said, tell me, where are you sending your son? Which yeshiva? Which direction? So my father wasn't so religious at the time. He said, I'll be honest with you, Rabbi, I'm, I'm not really sending him to a yeshiva. He's going to some university, whatever it may be. And it was a time, and we cannot judge how and what they said, but it was a time where 
it was a very difficult time for Klali Yisrael. People had to be keeping themselves Yiddish. It wasn't simple for Klali Yisrael just to go to universities and colleges. He never heard from them again. Rukhaim Oizah said to my father, he said over, that if you send him to university, it will be 70 years till he gets an Aliyah again. Today, 70 years later, I got the next Aliyah. That was the koyach of the words of a tzaddik. We know that beginning this week, Parsha Shemois is the Indian of Shavavim. Shavavim starts in Parsha Shemois and goes all the way to Parsha's Mishpatim. It's an Indian for a person to work on the Pagam Habris. So I want to tell you, Alpi Kabbalah, there are two brisim. There is two brisim on the body. There's the bris Habaar which is the brismina, the circumcision that we have. And there's also the bris haloshan. There's the covenant of the tongue. Both of them are energies of connection and have to be used in a very careful way. Now the function of speech very much parallels the function of reproduction. In the lower world, the output is a person's offspring. In the higher world's the output is a person's words. And just as children are the expression of the body of the parents, so too words are an expression outwardly of the mind of the speaker. Speech, in fact, is the connection between the lower world and the higher world. We take an idea that only exists in the higher world, and we transform it into something that can be used in this world. We are connecting the upper world to the lower world. Speech is of the highest madriga. Speech is a basic tool that a human being has that separates us from an animal in a very, very important way. The derech pikudecha in Loisa say Lama Dalad brings down that we have a Messiah. That every human being is allotted a certain amount of words. And when you use up those words, your time on this world will end and you will leave the world. As I state, in fact, the Vilna Goin brings down that wasted words are so difficult. And he brings down the suffering. I don't understand exactly what he says, but he says the suffering that a person suffers from by Wasting words in this world is so terrible, says the Vilna Goin. Whatever this means, he gets flung from one side of the world to the other side of the world with his neshama having no purpose and no understanding and any direction in the world. That's what it means. I'd like to spend a number of weeks, every week picking a different idea, discussing the Kedusha Sapeh and how important it is for a person to make Kedusha Sapeh like the Heilige Chesam told us. What a penetrating idea. We can mekadosh the inside as much as you want. You can have a house mole svarim. You could be having a kudusha of a safer Torah inside you. But if you were not mekadosh the peh, if you weren't mekadosh the mel, it's all over. Everything changes. Rav Palm would always quote the Sefer HaChinuch to tell us that the man's greatest treasure that we have and his greatest praise that we have in this world, what we were created, is the fact that we can communicate whereas an animal cannot. Now there's an obvious kasha. The Gemara tells us that Shloyma HaMelech understood the communication of animals. He understood how animals talk and communicate with each other. So what does it mean that a human being can communicate whereas an animal doesn't? Animals also do communicate. 
There's a whole communication of animals. There's an animal kingdom that talk and Shreem HaMelech understood their communication. So the answer is, and we have a science about this clearly, that if you know the difference between how a human being communicates and how an animal communicates, that sets us apart. And the answer is like this. When an animal communicates, an animal communicates to show people that I am here. I am hungry. I am about to attack. And other animals can sense that. And they get that mode of communication. He's about to attack. He's hungry. He's here. And they either move away or they move closer, depending on what the situation is. A human being doesn't have a mode of communication, or should we say, shouldn't have a mode of communication that I am here. I am hungry. I am about to attack. Communication on a human being level is meant to be of such that we're able to communicate with other people, to raise them up, to help them, to help ourselves, and also ultimately to help others as well. That's the idea of speech and how it sets us apart from an animal. There's a Mordek Yerushalmi in Brochus, the beginning of Paragalop. Says the Yerushalmi, Reb Shimon Bayochai, says the following idea. Says Reb Shimon Bayochai, if I was by Sinai, I would have said to Hashem, could you please create us with two mouths? One for Torah, and one for everything else. Shimon Bayachai said, I would have asked Hashem Sinai to create us with two mounts. One for Torah and Kedusha, and one for everything else. This I wouldn't have to use. Zogdi Yushalmi and Brachas. Zogdi Yushalmi and Brachas. They said back to Shimon Bayachai, look at the world when everyone has one mouth. Can you imagine what the world would look like if people just had two? It would be an absolute disaster. And Rabbi Sam, I'm going to end today's idea with one Gavaldic story. It's a story I've said before, but it's so Gavaldic. It's such a Gavaldic Amaisa, which I think we have to understand. There was a rabbi, his name is Rabbi Heber, and he had just come back from a Talmud's Chasana, and he was driving, he was speeding on Route 17 on the way to Monsi. It was one o'clock in the morning after the Chasana. He was exhausted. It'd been a long day. He'd been dancing at the Chasana. He was really, really tired. He decided he needed a coffee. In order to continue the journey, I need a coffee. I need some caffeine to wake myself up. He looks around. I need to find the coffee. So he's driving and driving and driving. Eventually he sees neon lights. Hot coffee. Stop here. So he just pulls the, you know, the car goes over. He pulls it to the side. Little store over there. Not, normally not, not much going on over there. He goes inside. There's no one there. He rings on the little bell by the counter. And out walks this guy that looks like a real American. You can see. So this guy comes out the counter. This guy comes out the counter. He sees a rabbi there with a big beard. So he says to him, Shalom. The rabbi's like, whoa, this I didn't expect. I didn't expect uh, an Israeli to be on the other side of the counter. So he says, uh, Shalom Aleichem. So the supper system, oh, you rabbis in America, you don't understand Hebrew. Aleichem is plural. You're not meant to say Aleichem. I'm only one person. And therefore, why are you saying Aleichem? The rabbi's like, seriously, it's 1.30 in the morning. I'm getting a mustard rasha from this guy in the, in the other side of the counter that doesn't look very Jewish, but apparently he is. And, and he's giving me a mustard rasha in diktuk on Aleichem. That doesn't make any sense, yeah? So he didn't understand why he said the following, but he said it. He said, no, I want to explain to you. You are not alone. There are two malachim that accompany you wherever you go. And when I said, Shalom Aleichem, I wasn't just talking to you. 
I was talking to the malachim that were next to you, that were accompanying you, and therefore I was saying shalom aleichem to you plus the malachim. The guy's like, Rabbi, what are you talking about? Malachim, angels, Rabbi, you're crazy. Do you want coffee? Yes, take your coffee and get out of here. Takes the coffee, drives off. Rabbi said, true story, a month later, he's driving on the same route around around the same time. He's tired, he needs a coffee. He says, I remember about a month ago, I managed to find coffee. Let me find the same place, I'm around the same area. And he sees those neon lights there again. And he says, this is great, maybe I'm going to get the same guy. He walks into the store, and the guy comes out. The guy takes one look at him, and says, Harav, you ruined my life. He says, I ruined your life. <laughs> what did I do? I didn't do anything to you. Well, I remember that conversation, but like, he said, because just after you left last time, uh, you left, and I was about to bite into a cheese and ham sandwich. And I thought to myself, there's malochim on either side of me. I can't really eat this, can I? So I put it down. The whole time, every single day since you left, I'm thinking about these malochim that are next to me. And every time I wanted to do something, which I know I shouldn't have done, I'm like, ah, I can't do this. What am I meant to do? This rabbi realized the koyach of his words. He realized how powerful his words can be in a negative way, and of course in a positive way also. Rabbi Sai, Be'ezah Hashem, every Sunday, we're going to be learning B'Siyata Dishmaya, the Kedushas of Peh that we have, and the Koya that we have inside our mouths. Have a wonderful day.